millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we do get going on this week's Raw Ups and Downs, one, I think WWE got a little bit confused because we had the Extreme Rules pay-per-view with no Extreme Rules and then you get to Raw and nearly every single match has an Extreme Rules. And also, seems like Head & Shoulders is a new sponsor of WWE. I took this as a slice. But my Miss Miller, thank you for joining me as always and make sure you give all the love to the finger of power because we are about to go through this latest wrestling show and give the good bits up and give the bad bits a down. Also MVP of the week, which sometimes I forget to do. It's going to be split this time. Obviously, it's Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. I have watched that match three times because I'm a nerd. Let's up those downs. It's half right when it came to the start of Raw because yesterday I was like, oh, well, Biggie and Bobby Lashley say they're going to open the show with a WWE title match, but probably there'll be some shenanigans and a long promo. But I was incorrect. It was just shot, bang, wallop, and away we went. <laughs> it didn't get a finish. <laughs> WWE. However, sometimes the destination is more important than the journey, and what's even more important than that is when you realize you've made a mistake and you try to rectify it, which is exactly what we did here. Because after Big E and Bobby Lashley had partaken, or partook, whatever the hell the word would be, in just a big men slapping meat match, including at one point I think blood was coming out of Big E's mouth, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin came to ringside and Ordalali, we reformed, or at least I think so, the Hurt Business. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods spied this though, so they were also here and everybody started to have a massive fight. And very upsettingly, it did spill into the ring and everybody was having a big brawl. So the ref was like, oh, this is no good. This is not happening on my watch. And he called for the disqualification. So I bring down the DQ board that rolls up to 55, which is ridiculous. But I don't even care about this today because when we took Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander out of this group, it was just dumb. It was just stupid. It was just absolutely ludicrous, especially because they then vanished from television, despite the fact that they are very talented professional wrestlers. It pleased me so much, like I said, I don't even care that we got another disqualification and this brawl continued until Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville arrived. And they were like, well, 
we don't think this is very proper. So what we're going to do is we're going to move this match to the main event and it's going to go down in a steel cage. And again, I was like, they got their scripts mixed up. Why did this happen on Sunday? So it's almost like maybe, just maybe, somebody lit a fire under WWE's TV ads, but whatever, as long as I'm getting good television, why would I give two hoots? And I know sometimes WWE non-finishes can be grating, but it meant we got the main event, which rocked, by the way. And again, Shelton and Cedric back. It is getting it up. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo promo next. And they told us, hey man, we're a brand new tag team and we're also really good looking. I was like, okay, that's good to know, much appreciated. In fact, I'll, I'll write it down, I'll make a note. Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, handsome, handsome chaps. This also led to another of WWE's favorite tropes, which of course is taking two tag teams, but then taking an individual out of both pairs and letting them have a singles match. And very randomly, one of these was Angel Garza and the other, was Eric from the Viking Raiders. Now this did suffer from another dumb finish because I think after 10 to 15 years of watching the show, Humberto was like, I know what I'm gonna do. I am gonna make as much noise as I possibly can and I'm going to pretend that I'm going to throw Angel Garza's pants into the ring. Cause you know, he likes to go wow and just whip them off. And Eric was so perturbed by this, like, no, don't throw pants in my face. That he was, yes, utterly distracted and he got hit with the wing clipper and he lost. So bring down the distraction board, that rolls up to 105, and that is just an obscene figure. Like it really, really is. WWE gotta slow these down. But here's the thing once again. As stupid as this was, I am so pleased not only did Humberto and Korea and Angel Garza get on my television for the second week running, but that they won. I'm giving it up. It's still a shame we didn't bother with any kind of a story here. These two just became friends because why the flub not? But as always, I grade on a curve. Just happy it's happening. Sadly, WWE didn't pace the show very well after that because we cut to another match and this one too must have clocked out in around about two minutes. And at that point, I was like, damn it, I would like some wrestling on my wrestling show. Down. It also didn't help that it was for the 24-7 title. And if you can believe it, it was Reggie, who again, I do like taking on Ricochet. And it was like, man, this one is just like ripping at you from the inside because that's absolutely a match I would like to see. These two are so terrifically talented, but not for the 24 seven championship because that just basically plugs you in at the very bottom. And you already know the rest as well. R-Truth and Drew Gulak and Drake Maverick were at ringside and after a while they attacked and that caused the disqualification, which really hurts my brain because it's meant to be a 24 seven title that can be defended 24 hours a day, apart from when you're having a match and then there's rules, ah. Tazawa also tried to sneak attack, but he failed, so Reginald beat him up and he just flipped away down the street. I don't know, man, but yeah, bring it back down again. DQs rolls up to 56. Riddle backstage segment next, and kind of oddly, Randy Orton wasn't on Raw again. And while Riddle was like, oh man, he's just chilling out after his victory last week. This did happen very recently as well, so as stupid as I may sound, I just hope that everything's all right with Mr. Orton. Sound like his mum. The Riddle just presumed that he needed a break from himself when he realized that next to him was AJ Styles and Omos, and he was like, Whoa. Because, you know, Omos is really, really tall. We then zoom back to the ring. And as it turned out, Tazawa had just been chilling out the whole time playing Nintendo. So that was a little bit weird. But he wanted to offer a challenge for a match. So he challenged Gulak, he challenged R-Truth. But he didn't get any of them. In fact, he absolutely got them. Because Keith Lee finally made his return to Raw. And that made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Because I love Keith Lee. I think he's flipping great. And yeah, he's now called Bearcat Keith Lee. But I do not give two hoots. For one. 
Brown. It's a nice shout out to Bearcat Wright, who used to be a professional wrestler back in the day. And also, it's just a name. There are so many dumb names in the professional wrestling world, and eventually, we just deal with them. I mean, one of these guys is called Edge. He properly wrecked his hour in this too because it was a full-on squash match. I don't think it went past 30 seconds and he hit the big man catastrophe and he got the one, two, three. And here's what I need you to do, WWE. I need you to build him up. I need him to get win after win after win after win. And then I need Big E versus Keith Lee. And only then can I rejoice, especially because that ride. Got to Damien Priest after this where we got the first of many promos where somebody wished death upon their opponent. I mean, my word. Because he was talking about Sheamus and how they're going to have a fight later and that during this scrap, he wants to finish him for good. And I'm sorry, there's only one way to interpret that. Finish for good equals dead. So he crazy. Quick interview with Biggie too, and he switched on his serious switch here and I will not hear the argument otherwise. This guy is a great WWE champion. And he was all like, oh man, I will beat Bobby Lashley in the main event. And I was like, damn it, do it, Biggie, do it. I couldn't have been rooting for him hard. To the point that if Big E does lose the championship before 2045, I throw my toys out the pram. We then found out what Priest was going on about, and yes, tying into the intro, we were doing Damian Priest versus Sheamus for the US title in an ODQ, no count out, no submission match. I couldn't help it. For about two minutes, we're just going, WWE, you're so weird. What's going on? You are so clearly more interested in your television right now than you are your pay-per-views, which is fine, but it still tickles me. However, fair play to these guys. They kicked the holy hell out of each other and it is getting it up. I mean, they were using steps, they were using kendo sticks. At one point, Seamus grabbed Damien Priest and gave him a white noise off the apron through a table, and that sent me absolutely wild. And then later on, a chair was wedged in the corner, and Seamus took Damo and just hurled his head into it. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? The chairman then got his revenge because he then booted a chair into Seamus's face when he was going for the brogue kick. And then there was just a table set up in the corner again. So Damien grabbed him. He chucked him through it. He then hit the reckoning to retain his championship. And this happened on Raw. This happened on Raw. I'm telling you, I had a good time. I do think it was a bit odd that Jeff Hardy didn't swan out after this and go, uh, excuse me, fellas, I wasn't beaten last night. So where the hell is my championship shot? he had something else to do, which I will talk about in around about 10 seconds. Because yes, he did turn up, but tonight he was teaming with Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. I mean, who saw that coming? Ali was not overly pleased with this as well, because it was Mansoor who had invited Jeff Hardy to be part of their three-man team. And he was there going, Mansoor, this is the worst thing ever. And if Jeff Hardy was here right now, I'd tell him what for. And of course, by this point, Jeff Hardy was behind him. So Mustafa was like, well, what I meant to say was, I love you and I want your children. He didn't say that, but you take my point. Hardy during his part two was also scripted to say, I'm going to twist their fate in reference to Jinder Mahal and his goons, because that's who they're about to fight. So if this is what we're doing now, WWE, I expect Sheamus to walk out and go, oh, I'm gonna blow white noise into your face, which is a terrible thing to say, never say it again. And Charlotte to go, I will naturally select you. It's actually basically something you do in Street Fighter 2. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Then after all of this too, these three failed. My word. Now, I do like Jindavir and Shanky, but we just don't really do much of anything with them. They just ping pong from feud to program to feud to program. And all of a sudden here, they were taking on these three. And Veer gave a massive clothesline, which did look pretty good, to be fair, to Mustafa Ali. He pinned him and Ali lost. And all I could think during this was, well, I really would like Mustafa Ali to start winning because I really like Mustafa Ali. But after thinking about it, I'm giving it down. And it was kind of just there. And I think all of them deserve a bit more meat on their wrestling boat. Karrion Cross was then here, and you know the deal. And if you don't, you're just going to be confused. Because he was doing a promo backstage, and he said, My name is Karrion Cross, and I have never felt more reinvigorated, more reinvigorated, and more alive because my creator has finally installed emotion software within me, and now I cannot wait to love, I cannot wait to feel, I cannot wait to have a partner who loves me as much as I love my quest to become a man. Just a reminder that Karen Cross doesn't sound anything like a robot, but his words do. He's always saying stuff like, I feel alive now, as if he used to be like a robot. He did have a match this week too, and amazingly, he was taken on Jackson Riker. Nobody bothered to tell me what the hell Jackson Riker had been, so I presume he had to go back to Starfleet. But man, Vince McMahon, he definitely done with this guy. So once again, it didn't go more than a minute, and Cross just locked in the Cross jacket, and before he even had it in properly, Jackson Riker just tapped out. I understand. I know where this comes from, but I do think all things considered, especially that stupid mask, I don't really think what we've done with Karrion Cross ever since we called him up from NXT has been particularly good. Down. Raw then went bizarre because Doudrop went to see Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville and said, hey, I know that Charlotte Flair has got an open challenge later. Why can't it be me? And they both went, well, that sounds like a good idea. But before you do, you have to do your dance. So they then left and Doudrop was just doing a dance. And I was like, ah, I don't know what this program is sometimes. It's just so, so strange. And it makes it feel like I'm losing my mind. Maybe I am. Bobby Lashley also cut a promo to camera after this. And Bobby is just great right now, isn't he? He's so mad and he's so wound up. I really, really, really like him. 
just don't make him the WWE champion because of course Big E. It was then AJ Styles versus Riddle. And do not get me wrong, I am happy to watch them fight all of the damn time, but it ties into this bigger problem that WWE has when it comes to rematches. I should have done the research, I didn't, but they must have competed this year at least five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times and eventually you just want a fresh match. So taking it all and putting it into a package, that's getting it down. As I always do though, I get dragged down into this madness because flub me, this was brilliant. Like this was really good. They are such, such good professional wrestlers and they make me feel alive like Frankenstein or Karrion Cross. I mean, they just did crazy back and forth action constantly. Like AJ Styles hit the Pele kicks, Riddle then hit a flying knee, and AJ Styles was going for a gut buster. The whole time my head was doing this, which was really stupid because it wasn't a tennis match, and therefore I was actually missing some of the action. Styles then went for the phenomenal forearm, but Riddle knocked him off the top rope, but he went for the floating bro, and somehow Styles reversed that into the calf crusher, and then Riddle at the last minute grabbed the bottom rope, and I tell you, I was just on a roller coaster ride here. If you don't intend to watch this, you need to change that now. It all built to Riddle going for the arc. KO, but somehow AJ reversed that into a burning hammer. I was like, we're doing burning hammers on Raw now. And then he hit the Stars Clash. He got the one, two, three. And I just stared at this like a painting. I'm like, well, how can anyone be this good at this wonderful art form? I tell you this wrong. Omos gave Riddle a choke slam afterwards. And I swear, all of this better be building to Riddle turning on Randy Orton. Because Mr. RKO is now screwing him over by not being on the show. Because somebody leaves him laying every single damn time. Also, that would allow Riddle to transform into serious Riddle. And as we established during this week's ups and downs, sometimes you've got to be serious. Sarah Schreiber then found Shayna Baszler and wanted to know, hey Shayna, why did you do that to Nia Jax last week? And she just looked at her and she walked off. And that was actually leading somewhere good, but not before the biggest down of the entire night. Because it was Dewdrop versus Charlotte, and I tell you, I was ready. Because Piper Niven, as she used to be known, or Viper on the independent scene, knows what she's doing in that ring. Charlotte Flair is one of the best. I was like, oh man, if we let them go, they will have a terrific wrestling match. And then it ended after a minute. Because as Dewdrop, I think, was going for her running cross body, Eva Marie's music hit, and my word, the drop couldn't handle this at all. She just stopped and completely forgot what she was doing. It's going like, oh, Eva Marie, don't you come out here. So Charlotte booed her in the face, hit the natural selection, and just pinned her. And I actually felt sad right down in here. I just don't get how anybody could be that easily distracted. Like, it's absolutely crazy. It's like me the whole time going, oh, there's a light, oh, there's a television, oh, there's a sofa. Like, I can't watch this person. He's got a problem. Also bring it back down. The distraction board rolls up to 106. We are gonna get to 150. Then Goldberg turned up. It's <laughs> my real reaction. Like, where did Goldberg come from? It was almost like he'd hacked the show. It was so random, but he did appear via video message. I don't know, maybe somebody paid for a Bill Goldberg cameo. WWE just decided to air it. It definitely wasn't Bobby Lashley who booked this though, because Goldberg said, Bob, I am so mad what you did to my son, I'm going to kill you. Now, usually I over-exaggerate my language on ups and downs. That's what he said. He said, Bobby Lashley, I'm gonna beat you up. And when I'm done, I'm gonna kill you. And you're gonna be happy that you're dead because it will take you out of your misery. So Bill needs to be arrested. That's against the law. You're not allowed to do that in any walk of life. So I expect to see him in jail soon. And I'm gonna guess that we're gonna do Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg at the Saudi Arabia show. But hey, look, bright side of life, 
At least it won't be for the WWE title. Then for a second time in the evening, a wrestler had just been chilling out in the ring the entire time because during all of this, Eva Marie was still there. And she started to go, I'm the best, nobody's better than me. Everybody in the back sucks, which she really shouldn't have done. That brought out Shayna Baszler. And she just beat the crap out of Marie too. She locked her in the Kira Fuda clutch and then she started stomping on her elbow and her arm, trying to break it. And this really got over with the crowd because they started to chant one more time. Now that makes them really sadistic, but I get it. Nobody comes across like a crazy violent loon better than Shayna Baszler. Officials had to arrive to stop the carnage and honestly, let her do this every single week and let her make her way to the championship and then give it to her Shayna Baszler is crazy, crazy underrated and hasn't been used properly in ages to the point is getting up. Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley were then here and they quite literally explained their gimmick to us. That made me laugh. Because they are opposites and sometimes opposites attract and they don't care about the draft because no matter what happens with the tag team champions so they can go wherever they want and Nikki Ash was like, oh my gosh, we should wear the same clothes and Rhea Ripley went no. This was really scripted and weird. I do kind of hope that Rhea turns on Nikki Ash eventually. I think that would be good. It was then time for our main event as we technically had two WWE Championship matches in one night. This one was going down in a steel cage and it was also frankly quite brilliant. Bobby Lashley was in super duper annoyed mode as well because he just pulverized Biggie before the bell. He was throwing him into the cage, he was throwing him to the ring steps. He was just throwing him as much as possible to the point when we did go ding, 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 the referee had to go, Biggie, are you going to be able to do it? He was like, I'm going to be able to do it. And you were meant to think, but how's he going to be able to do it? He's so injured. As it turned out, we didn't really make a difference. Biggie started to kick Bobby Lashley's ass. They were just throwing each other around, like I say too. And I do have to admit, recently, I have been enjoying this big piece of meat, big piece of meat. We're just going to come together and collide fighting affairs. It doesn't mean I want that across the card, but in this little window we've got, absolutely. It's just like two trains running at each other. And at one point, Biggie was going to hit the big ending off the top rope, but Bobby Lashley was able to return that into a dragon sleeper. When, of course, out came Shelton Benjamin and out came Cedric Alexander and out came the New Day. And they all started to climb the cage like they were in Mario. Now, WWE has to stop doing this because throughout the whole show, they've gone, the cage, the cage, nobody can get in the cage. And here was a bunch of people getting in the cage. But again, they won me over because Kofi Kingston climbed up the thing and did this crazy dive onto everybody else. It made me cheer. During the commercial, apparently Adam Pearce came out and sent them all to the back. And I was like, well, where the hell were you before, Adam? On the toilet. And then we got back into the action. And just to repeat what I've already said, it was really, really good. Biggie and Lashley were then both trying to use the door and climb out of the thing, which seemed really silly. But it absolutely backfired for Bobby Boy. Because when he finally went for one last climb, Biggie stopped him. As he'd been teasing the entire match, he hit the big ending from the top, which looked absolutely brutal. And he pinned him for the one, two, three. And I was like, yes. WWE were on full on, man. We've got to get people to watch next week mode too. Because as soon as we were done, out came Drew McIntyre and he pointed his massive sword, not a euphemism, at Big E. And this can only mean one of two things. One, he thought Big E was the WrestleMania sign and therefore he had to do this. Or two, we are now going to do Big E versus Drew McIntyre in a WWE title feud, which I absolutely do want, especially because it makes all the sense in the world. Drew had been like, oh no, I can't challenge for the title because I lost that stipulation match against Bobby Lashley, but he's no longer the champion. 
and it makes me feel well done, Simon, for being invested as a long-term viewer. So what a fun way to close proceeding this was, and if you take all of this in a massive ball, I am absolutely giving it an up. Still kind of do feel like Drew McIntyre is going to get drafted, and this was a tease, but hey-ho, either way, I feel like we're going to win. And this was a good Raw. I enjoyed Extreme Balls 2 and people came at me on Twitter going, sorry, you don't know what you're talking about. Of course I don't. My parents have been telling me that for years, but I'm giving Raw an up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.